What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mike Janella Show. It is Mike here. Hopefully, you are having yourself a good day. Hopefully, it'll about to, about to be a little bit better because on the line, we have as this week's guest, uh, the lovely, the talented, the very smart, very funny, and uh, very in tune with the entertainment world because she works for EW.com. That's Entertainment Weekly, in case you have no idea what that is. And if you don't, well, you should get your internet game a little bit stronger. But she is Jessica Dershowitz. Jess, what is going on? Welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Oh, it's great. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the pleasure is mine. So I mentioned uh, briefly uh, why you're on the show, why you're so important, why we have you. We're going to talk about WorkingFreeW.com, how you got there, talking about some of the entertainment landscape. Um, but uh, first, what what exactly do you do? You're a digital news editor, right? That's what the business card says, FreeW.com. What's yeah. that? Uh, it's kind of basically what it says it is. So I work for uh, the Entertainment Weekly's website. I cover a lot of movie news. So anything related to, you know, someone getting cast in a movie, if there's a trailer coming out for a film, a Q&A with a director, things like that coming with the award season and everything coming up. There's a lot of really exciting things. Um, I work with a team of amazing writers, both writers that write just for the website and writers that write for print and web, um, handling a lot of that news. And then on the weekends, because uh, I work Saturday to Wednesday, it's a slightly uh, non-traditional schedule. On the weekend, I handle basically everything. If there's music news that comes through, if there's TV news that comes through, if there's something weird that happens on the internet that we say like, hey, this is kind of fun and sort of fits the EW umbrella, like that kind of falls under my purview as well. And then on Thursdays and Fridays when everyone is working, I hang around and watch TV on my DVR and generally, you know, still do a lot of entertainment stuff, even when I'm not being uh, on the clock to do it. So so you, you mentioned movies is kind of like your highlight, but you have to know so much different stuff. What... What is movies what you find most fun? Is that kind of your wheelhouse? Is that what you know most? Or are you learning more about different things now that since you've gotten to this perch? You know, it's so funny. I've always, like, even before I got to EW, been um, obsessed with movies and television. Music has always been one of my cultural blind spots. You know, if it's uh, Taylor Swift, I know it. <laughs> uh, beyond that, I, I'm kind of a, a, a blank Space, not to quote it. Oh, nice. I see what purpose. you did there. I yeah. I swear. <laughs> I, uh, I've learned so much from, I sit uh, right across from our uh, music editor for the website, and I have learned so much about music in the last couple of months, and it's just been amazing. My running playlist is definitely a lot more varied for it. <laughs> and you're a serious runner, too. That's something about you as well. You're like, you've done marathons and stuff, right? So this is a big, oh, this is a big addition oh. to your life. Serious is definitely not the right word. I It's something I, I do in my spare time. Uh, I ran my first half marathon this year, uh, and then I'm going to try and do the whole thing uh, next year. Man, good luck. Well, we're not going to talk about that because it'll yeah. make me feel bad about my workout <laughs> no, habits or lack thereof. So we're going to move we're Oh, gonna and move it's on. completely boring because I'm totally slow and not good <laughs> at all. But yeah. <laughs> So what's the best movie you've seen? Let's go right. Let's put you right on blast. What's the best one you've seen in the last month? Uh, the best movie I've seen in the last month. Um, I saw a screening. It's out now, but before it came out in theaters, I caught a screening of Room, the mm. uh, Lenny Abramson movie with Brie Larson. And it is incredible. It's a really, really fantastic film. Uh, both Brie Larson and Jacob Tremblay, who plays um, her young son in the movie, are just like obscenely talented. 
it's really, really great. I also really enjoyed um, Spotlight. I'm taking all these movies with really depressing uh, subject matter. Yeah, honestly, what a spice up the conversation. That's why I brought you on. I know, right? (laughs) Um, Spotlight is about the um, team of reporters at the Boston Globe that broke the uh, Catholic Church sex abuse scandal uh, back in, I guess that was 2001, 2002, around there. And that's got um, Michael Keaton, Mark Ruffalo, Rachel McAdams, uh, John Slattery. Really, really stellar cast. It's a really, really well-made film. Um, that's definitely worth seeing. And then this has been out for a little while already. But I caught The Martian last weekend. Mm. And I thought that was a lot of fun as well. What about uh, what's coming out for the rest of the year? Is Star Wars like the most excited thing you are for right now? Oh Star Wars. It, when that trailer came out, I just like lost it. It's been yeah. so, so, so good. I'm really excited about that. Really excited about the Hunger Games. I'm very intrigued by Joy, which has been new um, David O. Russell film that he did with Jennifer Lawrence, which has been in the um, in the previews. The trailer's been in the previews for I think every movie I've gone to see yeah. in the last month. It's like, yeah, it, I'm ready for it. It looks really, it looks really great. Yeah. Um, a lot of great stuff coming up. This time of year is my favorite time of year because you get all of like the big, like you've got all the summer blockbusters and those are great, but at the end of the year, you've got all the great films, all the ones that are going to, you know, theoretically be awards contenders. It's a really great time of the year if you're um, a lover of film. So let's get into the the life of, a, of an EW uh, editor because this is something that you've been there, it's been less than a year, right? Or it's pretty fresh in still? It has been... Um, I started in June, so it's only been a couple of months. Wow. So, I mean, that's got to be – you're working for – I know you were a big fan of the magazine and the brand growing up. Uh, I mm-hmm. visit the website frequently. This, I mean, it is a preeminent kind of banner name, a brand name in entertainment. What's it like having been there so far? Are you still pinching yourself or what, what was it? Is it different than what you expected going in? What's it's, that been like? It's living the dream. I was kind of worried before I started because it's somewhere I've been an admirer of and have loved for so long that I had this like momentary panic before my first day where I was like, what if it's not as good as I think it's going to be or as good as like I'm hoping it's going to be. It's like leaps and bounds. It's really the greatest place in the world. I work with really smart, fantastic people and it's just a lot of fun every day. I, you know, everyone works really hard and we get into really intense conversations about Gilmore Girls, which are half of the time for work and half the time not for work. I was going to say, a lot of people do that anyway. They just don't get a paycheck for it. I know. (laughs) It's funny. I was like sitting at my desk doing work and I heard people behind me talking about um, Gilmore Girls. This was before like the big Netflix uh, news came out the other week and my ears just perked up because that's one of my favorite shows. And the next thing you know, I'm like, it's the end of the day, like, I'm ready to go home, but I'm deep in a conversation with a coworker of mine just about, like, how much we both loved the show. It's just, it's a great place. I'm living the dream. I really can't complain. So take us through the, the day by day, because you're pumping out multiple stories. you got to sort of report on what's happening. You're also producing original stuff on your own, doing some enterprise work. What's the, uh, I would say Monday to Friday, but it's the, it's the what, Saturday to Wednesday, you said? So take us through the Saturday to yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Saturday to Wednesday of what? of what it's like being there? Oh, God. Saturday, Wednesday. Well, Saturdays and Sundays are a little different than Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, Saturday and Sunday, I generally work from home, which is really nice because if you have to work on a weekend, it's pretty handy that you don't have to go into the office. I'm, you know, I've been working from, like, my couch and my bed all day. Um, Jealous. A lot of it's just... 
it, yeah, no, it's, I really can't complain. A lot of it's just, um, I, I liken it to being like an air traffic controller. You know, there's things coming in and going out from all different places. A lot of times um, we'll have some things prepped for the weekend, whether it's um, news that we're prepared to break or just some evergreen things that have gone for the weekend. Um, and then on top of all of that, it's seeing what other news is coming out. Um, sometimes it's actual, like, I say serious news. I work for Entertainment Weekly, so serious is a relative term here. But um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, you're not breaking the GOP. Like yeah, let's talk about the GOP presidential nominees and what your thoughts are on them. Yeah, but sometimes, like, I remember um, the news that Keen Peele's uh, turn season Cynthia's last, that came out on a, on a Saturday or a Sunday. So, like, that for us is a pretty, you know, you, you want to chase that down and confirm it, things like that. Um, so there, there is news that breaks on the weekend. And then other just, like, fun stuff. Like, Taylor Swift's been the, the gift that keeps on giving uh, every um, time she does a show and brings out a special guest. Mm-hmm. That's like, oh, is this something we want to cover? You know, she had Steven Tyler out, Mick Jagger, um, stuff like that. Uh, I work with um, some fantastic writers over the weekend um, and people that work during the week sometimes will pitch in if if things happen to fall in that way. And then during the week, I'm in the office with the full EW staff, which is a lot of fun. It's nice having um, the best of both. I'm from home half the time and then in the office half the time. And during the week, I, like I said, mostly handle movies, so I work with um, our senior movies writer and our other um, writers that handle mostly film, whether that's for the magazine or um, for the website, and it's just anything and everything. Trailers, mashups of funny things, uh, casting news. Uh, we get really great interviews with um, amazing directors and actors. It's, it's really great when you work somewhere like EW, people want to talk to you. So it's, I'm sure you know, it opens a lot of doors. Uh, yeah, it's not you know. Oh, I'm a writer for oh, MikeJanella.com. So I never heard of you, but I write for <laughs> EW.com. That opens doors. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's it's great, and you know everyone who I work with is incredibly passionate about this stuff, and that helps too because everyone just has really great ideas. We were um, just one example: the 20th anniversary of Now and Then. Do you remember Now and Then? I do, of course. I grew, the, uh, I grew up in the I grew up in the 90s. Just making sure. Yeah. I, the 20th anniversary was last week and we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do with it. And one of my coworkers said, Oh, why don't you see if we can talk to Marlene King who wrote the screenplay for it. Um, and is also now the creator of pretty little liars. So she's still, you know, well at work in Hollywood. And, um, I just said, all right, you know, let me send her an email, give it a shot. And I ended up talking to her and it was this great conversation turned into a great story. So the fact that we can kind of have those ideas and kind of run with them and have them happen. It's really exciting as well. And that was a piece that was one that you actually ran under your byline. Uh, so what? When's the mm-hmm. decision? When does the decision get made for you to dip your toes in the water? What's the the line between you assigning stuff out and you or other editors saying, "I got this one." Every editor, um, at least at EW, I can't speak for you know other websites um, out there, but every editor at EW writes. Um, there are. Certain times where it's just early in the morning or late at night and we're on and something happens and you just come on and grab it. And there are other times where it's like, I'm a fan of the Hunger Games. So if um, something happens, I would be one to be like, hey, guys, you know, I, I'll do this. I'm in for this one. Uh, means that we have certain writers that are assigned to certain films. So sometimes things um, 
shake out that way, same way other writers at other publications have been. Um, but it's really just time and place and whether or not you're actually excited about something. I know which writers of mine like Lord of the Rings, and I'll know to get something. I was going to say, there's got to be yeah, there's got to be some kind of dibs calling if if someone's obsessed with something or they know a lot about it. I feel like that's got to be a little bit of a meritocracy involved. Yeah, and it's just, you know, everyone's interests and passions as well, like whether or not it's something that you're actually dedicated to for work or if you're just one of my coworkers I learned this week is obsessed with Back to the Future. <laughs> and I learned it because every time a Back to the Future Day story came up, she had like 10,000 side notes and analysis. And I said, like, you want to write this one? <laughs> you want to, like... The most passive-aggressive way to get one. an assignment, just keep commenting on every other story that you see. But she wasn't even like, she was just so excited about it. And it was just like, now I know. Yeah. And I mean, now Back to the Future Day is over. And in the in the past, all of Back to the Future now is in the past. But it was just like, oh, fun fact. This person loves Back to the Future. That's great. So what's, yeah, obviously the people, I think, understand that there's some planning involved. And sometimes you have these kind of uh, serendipitous moments where you find out one of your writers is a Back to the Future huge diehard fan and they mm -hmm. want to do stuff on that. But I think the only real look that people have into how a newsroom, uh, for lack of a better term, operates is kind of the TMZ model where they're all just sitting around and like, hey, let's do a story on this, let's do a story on that. Uh, how does it work for you guys between trying to uh, just pick up the stories that are pumping in throughout the day or doing the longer form stuff like trying to plan out a Marlene King interview uh, is it a daily meeting? Do you guys chat once a week? Is there a giant whiteboard with all the ideas? It's like Carrie Matheson and a big corkboard in Homeland with everything you want to do. How does it all work out? Oh my God. I wish we had a giant Carrie Matheson <laughs> Homeland board. Uh, we have, there's a, a meeting, there's a daily meeting every day, which um, is both print and web. And we talk about um, the big stories in each of our sections and kind of go through um, each week's issue. Um, and then beyond that, we do a big features meeting. Um, that one is like every other week and everyone comes with ideas and we talk about things we want to do that are more featurey interviews, things pegged to anniversaries, just other really fun ideas we have that don't really fit into the day to day. So, and then beyond all of that, um, we're all talking all day, every day. We use um, this chat service called Slack where it's just- I use Slack at my job. I know um, what that's like. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a giant EW only chat room, right. and we just all like throw ideas out and assign stories that way, and kind of bring everyone through the workflow in there. What? So, how big is is your sort of staff or the or the newsroom? How do, how many people do you work with on a regular basis? And are you part of like a larger you know collective? What kind of volume are we looking at here? I am so bad at estimating numbers. I don't want to tell you anything because it's probably way too high or way too low. Uh, it's 5,000 people. <laughs> 8 million people. Um, I don't know. It always feels like a very, like, it's not a small website, but it's not a um, gigantic one either. I know everyone I work with by name and by face. Um, if it's, I mean, people we work with in LA, I also know by name and face, but I don't see them. We have an LA office sure. as well. Um, it's, um, it's a really great, um, group of people, uh, kind of like, I don't know. I think our New York office has a couple of people that work just on the website and that's like writing, editing, also on the product and development side, art and photo. It's, you know, it's a whole big, um, it's a lot of cogs in motion. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have, uh, a lot of, uh, 
I was just going to ask, do you guys have any kind of Sharks and Jets relationship with the print, with the magazine side, or are you all very happy family? How does that relationship work? Oh, my, we're all we're all buds. It's great. Um, a lot of, basically everything from the magazine ends up online every week. Um, and the writers are really great about helping us um, optimize those things for digital, because obviously things look different in print than they do online and should read differently. Um, uh, but also, it's just a really open place where there are writers that are, you know, writers for print, but I'll be like, Hey, you know, are you, is, are you free? Here's something I came up with one of these movies. Um, do you have time to write a post? And nine times out of 10, unless they're on deadline or out at a screening or on a set visit, they'll be like, yeah, sure. It's a really, really um, great collaborative place for print and web. How, now explain how you got there because you spent some time with uh, CBS on the digital side for a while and obviously we touched briefly on how much of a dream job this is for you now. A lot of people I think they assume, oh, entertainment covering on the web, there's so many blogs and there's so many personal websites and, and things out there and niche websites. How do you get to a place like EW.com to do what you're doing? Oh God, a lot of it was serendipitous and I really just um, thank my lucky stars the way everything shook out. I was at CBS News for six years. I covered entertainment there in a similar kind of space in that CBS is a big news network and the website was just like one small part of that. Um, it was a really great place. That was where it was my first full-time job out of college. Um, I had done a couple of internships. So that was my first like job job. And I, only did entertainment when I was there um, in varying degrees of uh, responsibility, starting up obviously as like a little junior kiddo and then moving up a bit. But beyond that, um, one second, I'm sorry. Um, I just completely lost my train of thought. I am <laughs> the worst person in the world. You're taking us on the career, okay, on no, the career so journey of Jessica Dershowitz. Let me start again. So I was at CBS News for six years, um, covered entertainment through all of it. And I really did learn a lot there. It was a really great place to work. Um, obviously, throughout all of that, when I thought about places that I would want to go next, um, EW was always at the top of the list, if not the, like, it was numbers one, two, three, four, and five. Like, <laughs> let's be real here. I've always been a great admirer. Like even when we were in college at Syracuse, uh, and I would read magazines as a magazine journalist major, EW was always like in my in my stack, in my pile, in my room. Um, just by chance, um, and the magic of New York City and networking, I met somebody that used to work at EW who's no longer there, but I wanted to pick his brain about what it was like there and what he was doing now because he's moved on to other things and through him, my resume got on someone's desk and it just happened to be at the right time when they needed somebody as they were um, looking to add to their web team and everything just kind of fell into place. It was truly a uh, wonderful, serendipitous sort of thing. And now I'm here. And now you're here. Uh, so a few months in, I'm yeah. sure a lot of it is just learning the ropes and trying to get your way uh, around and make sure you fit in and acclimating. But I'm sure you've got to have, or your team has to have now, you'll start thinking about sort of ideas, big projects, big uh, new things to try. Is there anything exciting that you might be able to spoil for what we may be seeing from EW to close out the year or in the next few months? Oh, gosh. Uh, no, no spoilers, unfortunately. Uh, we're all looking forward to the end of the year. EW always does a big entertainers of the year 
issue at year's end, or, you know, best and worst of 2015. So we're really excited to kind of get into what we want to do for that and what we already have in the works for that. We had our big um, reunion issue a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you saw, but we got together the cast of like Bring It On and the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Misery. No, that's um, one of my, you guys do that every year. You do that every year, right? Because I feel like that's something yeah. I always, it always catches my eye whenever I see it online. That's got to be, how do you guys pull that off? Because oh, yeah. that can't be easy. It's like feats of magic. It's fantastic every year. I'm like, even be, before I got here, it's like I'm always floored by how they get everything together and get all these casts and getting all the shoots. It's just an amazing um, array of working parts and everything always comes together and looks amazing. Um, so that just, um, that just happened recently. And then, like I said, uh, year's end entertainers of the year, all the big stuff year's end. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of uh, big movie coverage. Our holiday movie preview um, will be coming up as well. Lots of things to be excited for. There is an ocean of entertainment coverage and sites and blogs and tumblers and everything out there. How do you guys, obviously you have a leg up because of the name brand recognition, but how do you guys try and stand out from all these people trying to cover the same stuff you are and doing it 24 hours a day? Um, I think just, Maintaining, I think EW has this fantastic um, voice and sensibility um, that's very knowledgeable and very unique. Um, I think it's very uh, akin to a fellow fan talking with you about your favorite stuff. So I think because of that, people come to us and they trust us and they respect us. And that definitely, um, I think, means a lot both to fans of. Um, you know, television shows, movies, music, um, books, because we have a very robust book section as well. And then also um, people that make all these amazing things that we get to watch and listen to and talk about. Um, that's, I think, a really important part of what makes us stand out. All right, let's run through the speed round. What are, do you have any shows that you still have to watch live or is everything DVR for you these days? Oh, I still watch plenty of things live. Um, things I definitely watch live every week. Uh, um, I really love Sorry, I, Empire. Uh, I, like, missed, I missed you there. I got a little dial tone on your first answer. What was that again? Oh, sorry. Uh, Homeland I watch live. Okay. Uh, I love Empire. I love um, American Horror Story. Um, Scandal, all the TGIT shows. Grave, Scandal, How to Go With Murder, Start to Finish, uh, Luck Hanging Out With Me on a Thursday Night. <laughs> so, and that's your day, that's like your Friday, right? It's your day off. So that's you just locking in. What, yeah. um, if you could, if you could only pick one, one show to watch that's on TV right now, not the best show, but what's your favorite? My favorite that's on right now. That's a really good question. I'm a really, really big fan of The Leftovers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a really, really great show. I've only seen the premiere so far this season. I'm still a little bit behind, so don't spoil me. We're going to move on before, oh, you gotta catch up. before anything comes out. Yeah. Um, this could be present TV shows and movies or all time. If you could live as a character, as yourself, in any film or television universe, so pick a movie, pick a TV show, and you could be in that world. We drop you in the box. Which one would you pick? Lost. Well, Lost? Lost. Gonna go to the island. That's a that's a that's a big risk. I mean, that's not like you're <laughs> you might not make it back. You know, 
it would be nice and sunny. There'd be a lot of mysteries to solve. Uh, I get to hang out with Josh Holloway and Matthew Fox. I, I see nothing wrong here. And evidently you're a big fan of polar bears, so that would work out. Um, <laughs> so in reverse, maybe that's the answer is it's it's Jack Shepard or Sawyer. But if you could yank any TV or movie character out of their universe and bring them into your world just to hang out with them and be a part of your life, who would you pick? Oh, gosh. Um, can I pick a couple? Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Liz Lemon from Dirty Rock. Leslie Nope would be the best life coach ever. I I would love to have her around, like to pump me up in the mornings. I want her to be my best friend, basically. And then also Mindy Lahiri from the Mindy Project. Mm -hmm. Uh, What if you could be alive at any other point in entertainment history, or maybe this is the one? Maybe you think you're like in a golden age for covering it. Um, Which one would you pick? Any, like, give me a decade or, or a point in time that you think, man, that would have been great to be alive for all that stuff as it came out. Oh, gosh. Well, this really, I mean, they say it's the golden age of television, and there really is so much wonderful stuff. But I, I'm a 90s kid. I, there's a lot of nostalgia for that time. And I think it would be really fun to go back there and just, like, relive all of, like, Saved by the Bell as it was new. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to just through BuzzFeed articles now every day, actually taking it in. Live? Yeah, getting all the reruns on uh, weekday mornings while you're getting ready for school. Yeah, TBS at like 7 a.m. Um, somehow that's, yeah, that would always be on. Um, do you think we're in a golden age right now? I feel like there's so much that we're kind of like in a silver age. Like there's so much sort of B plus, A minus stuff. I just don't know if there's a lot of A plus stuff like like there used to be. I mean, in TV, you think of like the Breaking Bad, the Wire, Mad Men, like that kind of era. In movies, I feel like everything is now just a franchise and a sequel and a reboot. Thoughts on that? I think the the barometer for the level of quality of content has gotten so much higher recently. There's just so many like amazing shows, and it's hard at this point if you're like, oh man, there's like the leftovers is on against Homeland. It's just there's so much great stuff, and because there's so much great stuff, it's harder to stand out and become great if that makes any sense sure yeah there's you know when you have so much good stuff it just kind of makes everyone's expectations so much higher and i think that then you have a true detective season one versus a true detective season two like (laughs) if true detective if true detective season two had come out at another point in time where there isn't as much amazing you know, well-written, jaw-dropping television. Like, would it have been viewed any differently? Would it have been viewed differently if that had been season one? And then see, and then the actual season one of True Detective had come later. It's, I really do think, though, that we're in a fantastic time in terms of television. You've got cable and Netflix and Hulu. Amazon is making great shows. Transparent is one of my favorites that I've seen recently. It's just in a, it's an embarrassment of virtue for a uh, pop culture junkie like myself. And lucky for you, you get a paycheck to talk all about it and write all about it. Um, you struck the goal. You struck the mother. The yeah. Yeah. Now we Absolutely. just have to, we have to get someone to make it. So we get like, you know, 30 hours in a day instead of 24, just to be able to cram everything in. God. Um, is there anything you haven't, any movie you haven't seen or a TV show you haven't been able to watch just cause you don't have time and you feel like, Oh, I really want to, but there's just, you don't have the time for it. Literally. 
I'm working on it, but I am catching up slowly but surely on Fargo. And it wasn't, I didn't skip it in the beginning because I wasn't interested or I didn't think it would be great. I just could not find time. <laughs> right. And now finally one of my coworkers lent me his copy of the Blu-ray and I'm slowly but surely making my way through it in addition to everything else that I'm watching. Well, good luck with it. Uh, last speed round question for you. I'm letting you take one. Yeah. I'm letting you take one, one Blu-ray, one DVD, whatever. So you get a movie, and then you get a TV box set mm-hmm. to take on your deserted island when you're stranded on Lost, evidently. Um, which, <laughs> which movie and which TV show are you taking? Oh God! Oh, I'm living in Lost. I maybe wouldn't take that one, <laughs> but. That might be too much. Yeah, this is a I lot of like weird take... quantum physics stuff you're, you're going into now. I know, right? Oh, man. Um, I would maybe take one of the Harry Potter movies just because I can watch them day in and day out and I never get sick of them. And I feel like if you're on a deserted island for a long time, you've got to stick with something that you're not going to get tired of. And then for a television show, I would probably bring 30 Rock just to lighten the mood and because it's so good and I've watched episodes of it multiple times over and still find new jokes every time. So it would stay new for a while. Or yeah. After a long day of fishing with Sawyer, you'd have to have some Tracy Jordan to just lighten, lighten your day up hey. a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on. Um, plug yourself, social media, websites, any projects coming up soon. Let the people know what they can look forward to from you. Uh, you can find uh, all my stuff at EW.com, and I'm on Twitter at Jessica Sarah with no H, S-A-R-A. All right, there you go. Uh, thanks so much. Let's go Mets. Uh, we'll keep checking you out on EW.com, and uh, definitely we'll hope to have you maybe back on the show when some other exciting stuff happens, Oscar season or uh, you know some other exciting TV things going on, and we'll, we'll chat with you then. Thanks so much. I'd love to. Thanks, Mike. All right. And folks, thanks again for listening. Make sure to check out MikeJanella.com for all previous episodes of The Mike Janella Show. Also to find out info on the great intro and outro music, which you're hearing right now. Check me out on Twitter as well, at Mike Janella. And this week's guest, Jessica Dershowitz, at Jessica Sarah with no H on Twitter, too. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll do better next time. See ya.